0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Direct Connections, an IHSE podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along to some thought leadership from our various industries. If you're unfamiliar with IHSE, we do a lot of KVM and supportive uh, technology ecosystem work in various industries, everywhere from... uh, mission-critical applications like airports, all the way to broadcast. And so today we're gonna be exploring our technologies applications within a film and content creation process. Before we get into the core basics of the discussion, I wanna make sure you're getting all the IHSE content you desire. So make sure you're going to our website, ihse.com. Again, ihse.com, as well as subscribing to Direct Connections on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations, plus notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of the show, we're making some direct connections with more storied professionals in the media production industry to draw from their experiences, professional work, and workflows to understand how cutting-edge tech elevates their craft. And per usual, we're exploring KVM technology, this time in the context of professional film scoring. Now, when editing hundreds of sounds across pro tools and avid and often across multiple instances of both softwares having efficient switching does wonders for quality and for a frictionless edit and our guest today is bringing 40 plus years of industry knowledge and workflows to our discussion today working on over 350 films working with leading composers like alan silvestri danny elfman The man himself, John Williams, and Hans Zimmer, he's received four Academy Award nominations for work on Polar Express, Castaway, Contact, and Forrest Gump. And that's just an intro to his storied experience here. So let's go ahead and welcome our guest. I'm pleased to welcome Dennis Sands. He's head scoring and re-recording mixer at Soundwaves SB, which is a mixing and engineering studio out of Santa Barbara, California. Dennis Sands, great to have you on. How are you doing?
1: Very well, thanks, Daniel, nice to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure having all of this experience to pull from for our conversation today. And I gave a brief rundown of your background, but I wanna hear it from you a little more. Can you recap some of the standout work that you've done that you feel defines your career? But then more importantly, as you break down this uh, you know little resume in summary, connect the dots with how those standout moments impacted how you build your workflows for your art and how they kind of guide you to where you're at today with your professional craft.
1: Um, well, you know, I, I started out actually in the in the record world, music world. I uh, had to, you know, I've had a lot of good fortune, I guess luck you'd call it in in, in my career. And uh, early on, I threw some <laughs> kind of convoluted um, occurrences. I got an opportunity to work with uh, a record producer named Norman Grants, who is, uh, for those who might not know that name, uh, he's such an instrumental uh, person, who was anyway, in uh, promoting, recording, preserving American jazz. Uh, so I was eventually, as a very young, um, young guy, young mixer, working with, Uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan, Oscar Peterson, Count Basie, and many other great artists. And uh, from there, I sort of connected with uh, um, another engineer and we sort of, we formed a partnership, eventually uh, opened a recording studio in Hollywood. And that's where I transitioned into uh, working on television and film projects. and that's also where I met Alan Silvestri, who uh, <clears throat> significantly changed my life, and um, and we have been working together uh, ever since. I met him in 1978, so it's uh, quite a while. We've done probably over well over a hundred movies together, and and uh, some pretty well known ones. And then through that, um, as happens in in my world uh people hear what you do and they like it and they reach out to you um i've so that's how i met you know and work with the danny elfman and tom newman and you mentioned john williams and you know hans and you know many other uh, great composers so i've been very fortunate and as you know time went on the Technology, of course, expanded greatly um, in good and, and challenging ways, um, and uh, I've, you know, evolved into what was originally an all-analog world into an all-digital world, more or less. And um, and as a result, I transitioned into working on digital workstations, in particular, uh, with Pro Tools, uh, which is a software system that is basically endemic in the industry that is is the way of uh, uh, handling, editing, and mixing audio. In my case, of course, music. <clears throat> but the challenge that I eventually ran into was that I had a number of source systems. So I typically have one system, say for orchestra or acoustic instruments, and another system for electronics um, but often those systems are at different alignments you know with no need to go into great detail about it. Just suffice it to say they they perform actually different functions in the in in the process of creating a final music mix, if you will. <clears throat> but I needed to be able to access these systems separately, And um, that's where the you know IHSE Draco system enters my world. Uh, prior to uh, the Draco system, I was using another system which was uh, honestly, quite clumsy, unreliable. Uh, quite often, I'd be in the middle of having to, to, you know, do you know intense work. You're concentrating. Now I need to switch over to another system and access it. And this, the this alter, alternate system, this other system, would you know kind of crap out. It wouldn't work. It 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 was very frustrating. And you know, I'd have to stop and kind of reboot it, and it, it was challenging. So. Um I reached out to a, a, a equipment vendor who do a lot of business with I, and I explained my situation. He said, Look, there's this other system which is vastly superior. And um, you know, he introduced me to the the Draco system and that's you know, I mean it was just a no brainer. you know, just transition to that and it's uh been such a refreshing, um, you know, way to work. It's just it's completely reliable. It's it's almost it's almost invisible in my workflow, which is a great compliment to the to the uh, structure and engineering and design of the systems. You know, it integrates well, and it's it's uh, basically once it's connected and. Once all the parameters are entered entered into the software, it truly is just invisible. It just works. So uh, it's, as I say, the great compliment to it in that it just sort of sits in the background and functions beautifully. So whenever I need to switch between systems, it handles the job seamlessly.
0: So I'm a big fan, as you can tell. Hi. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's been that impactful to your workflows is impressive and um, also exciting to learn a little bit more about. We're going to dig in deeper into some of the evolutions of those workflows. Uh, And, you know, just for our audience's sake so they understand, you've worked at so many legacy recording studios, including MGM Recording Studio, uh, Sony Pictures, 20th Century Fox, and Warner Brothers Studios, as well as well as some defunct studios like CBS Radford, Paramount Pictures Studios, and RCA Studios. Uh, and in all of those settings, you picked up uh, different skills, different uh, you know validation for workflows that work, as well as workflows that need to change that are much too slow and clunky. And we'll connect the dots as well between some of those experiences and then uh, the integration of KVM technology into Pro Tools, Avid, et cetera. Before we jump into that, I want to better understand today's needs and contexts in the professional work that you do. So how are some of today's films as well as professional digital media? So that could be content that goes direct to streaming um, or you know, any other sort of cutting edge, uh, but still professional high quality media. How are these pieces of content shaping some mixing as well as sound editing demands? And then in turn, the workflows to meet those demands. What's the current context?
1: Well, you know, nowadays, um, well, let me back up. The, the uh, COVID has changed in my world pretty much everything. Uh, regrettably, the theatrical presentation and business if you will is is still kind of at a standstill i think people are still hesitant to to go to the theaters in addition in addition to that or let's let's say when covid initially hit the everything shut down what really functioned very well was netflix um Netflix, you know, did, and and prior to that, Netflix has done quite well anyway. But because people were, were at home and kind of, for, for lack of a better term, stuck in their house, um, they still wanted entertainment, and Netflix was just the natural source of it. And the studios you know, obviously looked real hard at that business model and and, and said, you know, realized, well, we kind of want to do that as well. because uh, So almost all the studios now have their own streaming service. And that's changed the business quite a bit. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of, there's obviously interest in it. Uh, from the studios, the artists are you know you know obviously looking at it there there's a lot of uh currently a lot of um, conversation negotiation etc regarding the streaming world the business of it uh but also it's changed significantly in terms of the theatrical presentation uh, I read uh today i think that paramount pictures is thinking seriously about holding off on theatrical releases in order to support their streaming business so it's that world has changed everything quite a bit and um but in terms of what what uh you know i do as a as a mixer and all the The process is still pretty much the same, you know. You still have to record, you know, the you know live music if that's the you know if that's the decision if that's the choice for, for a score, um, it still has to be mixed. It's still done more or less in a in a similar format, you know. If it's if it's Atmos or if it's seven one or five one. It's still you know kind of you know mix- recorded mixed and dubbed in those formats however um you know there is uh there is a difference between home theater atmos if atmos is the choice, which is you know it's it's kind of a popular format right now in terms of you know dubbing terms of presentation um but uh so there is a difference between the home theater and the s- cinema atmos um but um, you know if for us the what's changing and what's the the difficult part uh and the challenging part right now is more of an economic issue uh rather than a a technical issue pretty much the technology and the manner that we are working is still the same. So, but streaming has changed streaming and covid have changed our world significantly within the last, you know, year and a half.
0: Well, one of the technology innovations that maybe is changing things a little bit or is at least uh, providing A bit of an on-ramp to uh, future changes to uh, mixing and editing workflows is the advancement of technologies like Dolby Atmos, as well as uh, scaled 4K quality uh, for consumers, as well as during the video production process. And your studio, Soundwaves SB, is actually right now the world's first dedicated film music mix facility that's equipped with Dolby Atmos capability. So I want to chat technology trends here. How has the enhanced stereo image and a panning uh, capabilities of Dolby Atmos surround sound, along with other media improvements like scaled 4K quality, how have these impacted some of the editing workflows for film? Uh, give us that breakdown.
1: Well, you know, Atmos is is a completely uh, different environment. Um, and you know in terms of sonically um you know you have uh, a a you have a whole added dimension of sound you know aside from the left right and the front back you have the uh top down so you know you have this third dimension and because of that um it's just changed you know editing and mixing primarily quite a bit um, the uh but the uh you know the the proliferation of of atmos uh is still it's still very new it's still in the very front end of of the utilization the, the let's just say that the um the you know, the impact on the general public, the consumer. Um, I think people really, really like it. um, If they hear it, if it's well done, uh, if it's meaningful. Um, It's, it really is a a beautiful format. Um, But it's, uh, you know, really, it's a question of, uh, will the, the you know, when the public will, em- should they embrace it, you know, really fully? Um, you know, that's a that's a question for probably for someone other than me. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I will say that I, you know, I love the format. I enjoy hearing, I enjoy working in it. But, you know, I mean, I've worked with directors who, you know, struggle with it They're, you know maybe more traditional uh i know a couple of particular who feel you know everything should be on the screen uh and that's you know that that's whether it's it's in a movie theater or probably in a you know on a television screen you know that's just their um sensibilities Uh, so there is that you know there there are obviously creative uh of tastes and sensibilities in in all of this um but you know it for me as a mixer it's very exciting i've enjoyed working with it i love you know i love the the i love learning about new things trying them out, and you know that it's it's just such a you know kind of a fresh interesting Um, sonic environment so I'm you know I'm a fan but like I said you know it's not not every not every creative person will will uh utilize it so but um you know it's uh um for me it's been uh it's been really refreshing and enjoyable and you know i think pretty great
0: yeah and i'm excited to see how those technologies uh, continue to improve the entire viewing experience Uh, but more importantly the uh, workflows themselves right and uh, try to better understand how the dots will connect with dolby atmos being um, a standard for consumers and how they listen to and view their content, and whether or not that continues to impact some of the ways that professional mix engineers like yourself uh, develop their workflows and respond accordingly. And one of those major um, supporting technologies that allow for efficient workflows and allow for some resiliency as new technologies like Dolby Atmos take hold are KVM, Switches. So, as a refresher for the audience, if you're listening, uh, you know we assume you know KVM switches and uh, some of their applications in your industry. But regardless, as a refresher, KVM switches allow for seamless switching between multiple PCs from a single console setup, which enables a decentralized workload and more efficient production processes. Now, in the context of Uh, Our discussion today and for uh, professional film scoring, composition, and mixing uh, to further enhance large editing projects, IHSE's Draco KVM Switch was actually integrated into both Pro Tools and Avid S6, two major editing systems and platforms for uh, professional film, television, and media. So, uh, Dennis, I want to go ahead and discuss why this integration matters, right? Uh, first up, how did IHSE's KVM switch first come under your radar? Uh, where were you in terms of your career? What kind of project were you working on? And um, yeah, just give us the the context of, you know, drop us in that moment in the timeline.
1: Well, uh, you know, this, it actually, I'm going to say about five years ago, four or five years ago, uh, as I said, uh earlier I was struggling with an with another um, product and another manufacturer um, of this um, you know switching system and uh i have an i have an s six system and of course as i mentioned i use uh pro tools and uh you know i had reached out to a vendor a friend of mine and he as i said he recommended the ihsc uh i i you know i have great i have a lot of trust in in this this guy he's always uh he's he's very much on top of the technology and i trusted him and and so i went ahead and tried it you know to Basically try the system out, and I mean it was pretty great the way it integrated it, it right into both the s six operating system and the uh, pro Tools system um it's there's actually software set up you know it's a it's a little drop down menu and a, and a a a selection and there's the Draco right there um the initial setup is uh, is I won't say challenging, but you you know we, there there are, there's a number of parameters you have to uh, enter into the system to get it to function properly. Um, but once it's set, and that's really actually a very it's not a difficult it's not a time consuming process. It takes about an hour to really set up, as I said, I have four systems that it's, it, it's accessing. So, you know, I have uh, the electronic system, the the orchestral system, a recorder and a a picture system. And they each, they're each basically aligned differently, set up differently. And yet this uh, KVM system allows me to access each workstation Uh, independently, switching both my control, my USB access, and my monitoring, my visual monitoring, Um, uh, you know, kind of seamlessly. Uh, I don't want a bunch of monitors around. They're distracting. Um, I have just a single monitor, and I use that uh, basically for all, you know, As a as this visual reference of for all my systems and the uh, Draco system just works as I said exceptionally well uh, to function this way and it's you know additionally I might add that uh, I find it to be quite uh, uh, reasonably priced for what it's doing and the quality of the functionality of it. So I'm, you know, as I said I'm a big fan and it really uh in in my world it's really changed pretty much uh, uh everything. In addition I might add I used to have a uh a pro tools operator, another guy who was a, an editor operator here at my studio. It used to be the two of us working And this is another aspect and another brilliant part of this uh, KVM system. He was able to sit at his station and access the systems independently of me so that he could do editing or he could be working on one system while I'm working on another system, all of it locked together without any interruption or any you know any difficulty any dropouts anything um and this kvm system was was really doing a wonderful job uh for both of us as i said that was such a challenge before every time we try you know do something with the system would lock up would drop off drop out Uh, stop functioning and have to stop and reboot things and just it was it was kind of a mess and so this was you know this was such a a refreshing um change uh for for us just for our workflow you know things were because because this the switching the access of the systems was so much more elegant it actually saved us a significant amount of time. So if you can imagine, well, we're not the systems aren't dropping off. They're everything is, you know, working well. It's all, you know, so that saves so much time and not having to stop, reboot, address, you know, find out what's the matter. You know, all that stuff just eats up so much time. It eats eats up the workflow and it eats up our Um, it takes away your concentration. You know, when you're mixing, you're really concentrating on what you're doing. Each sound, each each track is meaningful. You have to address it. And you've got to keep your thought process together. And when you have those kinds of distractions, you really lose that. And it's, you know, so it's... And when that happens a number of times every day, it's not fun. So, um, you know, this, as I said, this Draco system has really uh, changed very much sort of what we do and how we we do our work.
0: I find it curious that you uh, like one desktop or one monitor to be more specific for your workflows. And uh, You know, when I look around even the office I'm at now, everyone loves that three monitor setup, right? You got the email in one, you got the chat in the other, and you got your main uh, monitor for active work. But uh, I can totally see why in the context of editing massive projects with multiple touch points, why it would be useful to just have that one focus monitor. Is that a... Common trend among your industry colleagues, folks like to just have their one big monitor that they work off of and set up in their own way, rather than having several monitors active all at once. Or is that something that you think is unique to your workflows?
1: Well, I, you know, it's I can't speak, you know, really accurately about how people, the general, uh, you know, kind of uh, other mixers work. But for me. The reason I want just the one monitor is remember, I'm I'm working typically on a on picture. I have a large uh you know screen with projection in my studio. That's really my focus. You know, I'm I'm working on music that's you know relating obviously to this picture. If I have a number of monitors, it's distracting for me. I'm just, you know, talking about me personally. And um I just don't need more than one monitor. You know, I can, I can do between the combination of the selections I make on the S6 and sometimes the keyboard um, and, you know, switching systems through, via the Draco, I don't really need more than one monitor. And I can, you know, I, I can see everything I need to see, you know, right there. And it happens, you know, that switches, uh, you know, instantaneously. Um, you know, I'm able to, to change screens conveniently, you know, let's say within Pro Tools via the S6. So I'm, I'm, it, it's, a, it's a really efficient way to work with a, with a smaller footprint so that I can concentrate on just the picture. Plus, the monitor can be a distraction if I have clients up here, which hasn't happened you know, because of COVID for quite some time. But I did have prior to that, and probably as time goes on, that'll happen again. So uh, having, as I said, just the one, um, you know, kind of system monitor, um, it's just that much less of a distraction and but like i said still functions perfectly for me
0: the reason i asked for clarity there was because i just wanted to give our audience a better understanding for if these workflow needs are uh, common across the industry or if they're more specific to your workflows but it sounds like regardless if you're a professional uh, film scoring uh you know mix engineer you are going to want to be able to hone in on that one area where you need to, you know, put your magic to work. The last thing you need is three other screens around you reminding you of all the other things you need to task switch to eventually. And I think that's where KVM solutions really shine. So I was wondering, you know, you already gave us a good Uh, overview of why KVM switches have been so useful in your workflows, but could you break down some of the most common scenarios where you have found a direct KVM integration into both Pro Tools and Avid S6 have radically changed output quality as well as workflow efficiency? So, you know, maybe highlight three of the most common scenarios where you find, wow, that really saved me time, resources, energy, uh, you know, drops in quality because I was able to utilize this KVM.
1: Well, as, you know, I had uh, mentioned earlier. Um, you know, prior to uh, you know, uh, you know, I've I've used other KVM systems at other studios and all, and um, you, with each one, there was some combination of keystrokes you'd have to make on a on a particular. keyboard or maybe there'd be several keyboards um and you'd have to remember oh this one is for that system and the other keyboard is for another system and well what if i want to look at this you know i've got the a a third system over there well uh you'd have to go back behind the the you know where the where the uh, the editor operator is and look at it there you know it was it you know prior to the you know these uh you know to this system um it was a lot it was quite clumsy actually and plus if I'm working at at you know let's say another studio I've got to learn as i said the the protocol for eat for access to the to the to the systems so it's clumsy and you know when when you're when you're trying as i said whether you know you're mixing you're trying to focus on the blend of elements to have to well oh, what was that i forgot the the this what was the keystroke was it the you know shift control you know O. was it the you know it, it's it's just um as I said, very you, you lose your concentration. Uh, whereas, with the the system, the this uh, the the Draco system that that I use now, I don't even think about it. I don't have to know any keystrokes. I push a button on my S6 that that's designated for a particular for one of my systems that I want and and it, Everything switches the keyboard, the mouse, the monitor, the s6. everything switches seamlessly to that system. so now I can do the work I don't have to think about any of these these ancillary keystrokes or or codes or any of that stuff and so the just the the, the process of doing what i do is just so much more comfortable and uh and you know easy and there you know i don't have this other distraction the access distraction it's just literally a button push and i mean <clears throat> you know that's pretty much the essence of why these systems are so great and why it's so important, you know, when you have multiple sources of, uh, of, you know, of files that are essential to what you're doing as a mixer. You need to be able to access them quickly and easily and reliably, um, and, you know, I'm I, you know, I've become so spoiled by it that you know any time I'm in some other scenario it's just it's really kind of annoying you know i i, I you know i have you i get i've gotten so accustomed to this uh seamless access that um you know i'm just uh it, it it's really just become such an essential part of my workflow and it just it you know the 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 time frame and all it's just you know as i said it's just enhanced greatly what what uh i'm doing here you know as a mixer it's you know it's taken the the challenges and the the sort of the snafus the technological snafus out of the out of my life in a great way so um I hope that answers your question. I think you you, you get the, you get, you, you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's just, it's an overall massive improvement uh, from where, you know, where I was at several years back to, you know, what, what's going on now, you know, for me. So I'm, you know, like I said, I'm greatly, I'm a big fan and greatly appreciative of it.
0: And just to further connect the dots between this solution and your professional work, uh, there were actual several custom music scores and mixing projects that were first used with IHSE's KVM solution. Uh, these were projects you worked on specifically. I just detail some of the impacts that having that uh, switching capability gave you when working on, um, yeah, those more customized projects, the ones that had more granular needs and, uh, you know, were also areas where you wanted to explore um, some more unbound creativity?
1: Well, uh, let's say, you know, in working on a, uh, let's say an Atmos mix where Mm. um, I'm, you know, Atmos. The the what separates uh, what Atmos is primarily uh, is a a panning system. In other words, a, a system that enables you to place sounds in this three dimensional environment. That's really what what primarily Atmos is, and that's you know probably a bit of an oversimplification but for the most part that's that's what you're doing but the thing is if you have in in many cases i i'll have at least two major source sources of these audio files that i'm mixing together to create this this final you know atmos soundtrack mix um and i think that's kind of what separates a little bit about uh what what i'm doing as uh in the in the film world as opposed to maybe you know tr- maybe a lot of, a lot of uh music you know sort of record mixes if you will atmos record mixes probably most of them are all within contained within a single system source system uh more often than not i'm generally uh my sources are two separate systems so i need to be able to access both of them and i need to be able to access them pretty quickly because you know i if you do in 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 mixing if you do you do a move or you do a a, um a an effect or something on one track, it undoubtedly will affect other tracks. And quite often those other tracks, of course, are on another, the other system. So you wanna be able to do a move or do an effect and then quickly make an adjustment on the other system. So you've gotta be able to switch back and forth really quickly again to keep the workflow going and to keep the concentration going and um you know that it that's a, a probably a, a pretty good example of why it's important you know it the, this system a switching system um uh, might seem like um, you know not you know it it it's, it's something that maybe you wouldn't generally talk about or think about a lot, but it's a thing that you think about tremendously when it's not working well for you, and which is, as I said and discussed earlier, uh, that's the experience I had. Um, and it's just, at this point, it's really just uh, kind of, like I said, a seamless system that has it works so well that you know i i really don't think about it a lot now uh when i say that it only in the sense that i don't have to um it's just uh it just does what i needed to do very very uh, efficiently and you know when when uh, you know, to keep, like I said, to keep focus, being able to switch completely seamlessly between systems is uh, just massively important. So, you know, and and this, you know, the Draco IHSC, Draco system has really, um, you know, just just done a a beautiful job of handling that. I've had very, very, very little need to, uh, you know, for tech support or anything. once it was initially set up, it's just flowed beautifully. It, it the, 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 um, all the parameters are, are stored inside of the units. Um, I've had no problems with it, although I obviously back up the, the, um, setup file, but boy, it's just, it just works so well. So, you know, it's really a significant part of my, my system here.
0: And that significance is critical. Uh, and the fact that it's been so transformational and, uh, has allowed you to be more creative with your work is I think what, really validates why these integrations are important. Again, um, the uh, IHIC KVM integration into Avid and Pro Tools specifically, uh, but I think that also just validates why that quick, uh, you know, not burdened by keystrokes level of efficiency is uh, useful beyond just even film production, But just to keep things in film production here as we start to wrap up our conversation. Uh, Part of what I love about the work you've done is that you've gone beyond your professional work to help shape efficient workflows as well as artistic practices for professional composition and mixing. So for a little context for our audience, uh, Dennis has developed seminars for film composition students at USC's Thornton School of Music. Um, Dennis, you've also developed online education for professional mixing skills on the Cinematic Composing site. And I think both of these are great examples for why your experience is just so valuable. And uh, I just love seeing professionals turn their experience into continued education for other professionals. Uh, But to connect the dots with today's conversation in these educational resources, do you also try to center efficient workflows explicitly as Part of the strategy that you recommend professionals build for themselves, whether that's a strategic mindset they need to shift, or whether that's uh, technology suggestions and investments that you um, uh, suggest that they take on. So again, how does this tie into your overall message when you're building some continued education for other professionals?
1: Well, you know i i I love I love talking and and meeting and working with um, younger folks. Um, I I've, I've had a great opportunity to work with a, a number of young composers uh both in the educational uh environment and in the professional environment um and they're always you know I I you know young folks are they it's so interesting how creative interesting uh you know kind of fascinating they are I love hearing their Varying points of view mu- musically, but I also find a lot of uh, young people to be very curious about not just my background, but you know, I, I'll have students up here to my studio, um, and they'll actually they'll ask about, well, what's the, you know, what how do you, how does this work? What do you do? You know, they ask about the infrastructure. They want to know about, you know, what, what monitors do I use? What is, you know, all this S six, how's that? Well, you know, how do you use that? They want to know about all the, the, the intricacies of how's my studio put together? What is it doing? How does it do what it's doing? And, um, i you know I just love talking to them about about these things they're uh and I'm you know very open about you know the whatever information you know I don't feel there's any you know secrets or any of that stuff. I think you know in my world, it's so much about taste and what works and people's skills, maybe that should be first um you know there's so many so many aspects. Uh, and things, and of course, so many things I've learned and continue to learn. Um, and I enjoy talking with you know young people and and just anybody really, but you know so so many you know students and uh, people who who want want to learn and are curious and uh, and of course goes without saying talented. So, um, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate in that, in that regard, um, starting at SC and then, uh, transitioning to cinematic composing, uh, creating this, you know, the, uh, online mixing course. It's really specifically, it's called mixing for composers and it's specifically for composers because in this, in the current. In the current state of our world, composers do need to be able to have mixing skills. Um, you know, they whether it's sending a demo, looking for a job, or they have a job, they need to submit mockups to a director. Uh, they've got to sound pretty good because um, you know they're you know you can't you can't depend on somebody being sophisticated musically to understand well the, the mix isn't great but i know it'll be great when we you know record it with let's say a orchestra or when it's finished or whatever you know so um uh, they need to have these mixing skills and at least some and i'm not saying they're they've You've got to have, you know, 30 years of experience mixing, but they have to understand what goes into mixing and what's, you know, the what's involved, what, what are the different reverbs, how to use them, you know, on and on. All the, these, there's so much information. And, um, it's, you know, I think it's been well received and, and the, uh, um, and it's helped quite a few, uh, young composers and all. And I, like I said, I continue to, to, uh, um, you know, kind of reach out and hopefully, uh, um, you know, meet more and more composers, young folks along the way.
0: So. Definitely. All right, Dennis. Well, we are just about done with our conversation today. Thank you so much for all your insights so far. I want to pose one last question. This is going to be a peer into the crystal ball style question, but looking ahead at future improvements to some of the technology that is impacting your workflows, specifically Dolby Atmos, uh, 4K video quality, anything else, right? Um, And also more specifically just sound technology, but looking ahead at some of these future improvements, where do you foresee workflows continuing to get challenged? And how do you see KVM switches and uh the ecosystem of KVM technology playing a part in adapting these editing strategies for potential future disruption?
1: Wow, that's a big question, actually. You know, it's something that's hard to hard to answer. Short uh short little little bit here, but um I think you know, I I, I think immersive audio uh will be will continue to to grow and expand um i think that i don't know if i'm if i'm going to guess at something i i think the the way for it to 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 proliferate is uh probably you know either in you know in automobiles or via headphones um that's right now still challenging um it's it's not there yet uh but it's, it's you know all of that is is you know i think starting to find its way um i hope uh theaters movie theaters, uh, come back that that's a unique experience, you know, seeing a big, big, you know, you know, a movie on a big screen with big sound in a, in a theater is you can't have that experience at home. Um, I hope it comes back. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about that. Uh, I think that um I think the public will will hopefully uh embrace that again um, and I hope that there's you know there will continue to be you know product uh directed towards uh theaters i think the the streaming service will, services will continue and continue to do well um and you know, I think that as uh, more and more people in my world uh, uh, learn about HSE and Draco systems, um, I think they'll proliferate as well as these different, you know, somebody like me who's working in with a number of, of workstations that are configured so differently from one another um you know you'll need you need to access them just like me uh i think they'll find this this system to be especially useful uh and meaningful um and i think you know that the the h s c will will uh expand and evolve their systems as well um and you know that's i Beyond that, I, I you know I think there's still a lot of things that are gonna I think remain. I think uh, that um, you know the the composer you know there's still gonna be this cr- this group of creative people. Um, there's you know still gonna be you know mixers who will uh, kind of do their you know important work and. And um, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm fortunate to have been one of them. So, and still am. So, um, that's you know, that's in terms of my world. That's sort of what I'm seeing, hoping for for the the future. Um, you know, and it'll be no matter what. It's fun to see what happens. You know, technology grows and expands and improves so quickly. Um, You know, it's really uh, one of the great things about it, one of the frustrating things about it at the same time. But um, no matter what, it's a great world to be part of. And I've been uh, extremely, always extremely grateful to have made the journey I have and continue to do so. so. Anyway, it's been great talking to you, Daniel.
0: Yeah, Dennis, thank you so much for those insights and for giving us a look into where you see the industry moving forward and how efficient workflows should continue to be centered. Uh, But yeah, this was a great, great conversation pulling from your 40 plus years in the industry, working with some of the industry greats, some of the uh, most well-renowned movies out there uh, and using that to better understand why efficient workflows are so critical how that wasted time and those wasted resources uh, create negative domino effects for you uh, really exploring the magic of your craft, and how KVM switching specifically helps alleviate some of that and actually create opportunities for more creativity. So again, folks, we've been chatting with Dennis Sands. He's head scoring and re-recording mixer at Soundwaves SB, a mixing and engineering studio out of Santa Barbara, California. Dennis, if folks want to get in touch with you, they want to source some more of your thought leadership, or uh, maybe they want to work with you, uh, you know, just for any reason, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more about you and your thought leadership?
1: Well, um, they can, uh, um, I, you know, I have, uh, I could give you my email. Um, how would we do that? How would I get you my information? Um. There is uh, some contact information on my site, soundwavesSB.com. It's all one word, of course, soundwavesSB.com. Um, and my email is mix4film, M-I-X, number 4, F-I-L-M, at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. Dennis, I appreciate all of your insights today it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and i hope uh, we get to chat again soon so thanks again for your time
1: thank you very much daniel
0: and thank you everyone for listening to another episode of direct connections an ihse podcast if you like what you heard and saw today and you want some previous episodes or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future thought leadership as we explore kvm technology and the broader ecosystem of efficient workflows and their supporting tech Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as head to our website, ihse.com. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Direct Connections.